Welcome to Coffee with Customers, a podcast focused on connecting Epicor customers with our network of industry experts addressing hot topics of small business ownership. Pour yourself a cup of coffee, sit back, and enjoy. Hello, and welcome back to Coffee with Customers. Today is part two of the two-part series of reviewing the 2020 spring-summer season and getting you started on 2021 planning. Welcome back, special guest Sam Kirkland, Epicor's internal industry expert, and Clint Albin, retail strategist from Landscape Hub. How y'all doing today? Doing good, Megan. Um, And Clint, how are you? Sam and Megan, I'm doing wonderful. I'll tell you, we are, are still hot here in D.C., but hopefully it's going to break pretty soon. Um, but doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's great to have have you on again. Um, we really liked your insights in the first one, so I decided to bring you back. <laughs> wonderful. Um, so we're on Coffee with Customers. It's time to have that conversation again. Uh, I am drinking an iced latte. Uh, decided to get back to the coffee roots of the podcast and stick to my rule. Um, it was about time. <laughs> uh, what are you guys drinking today? Well, I'm having a community coffee iced tea, and I am drinking it out of a red community coffee porch breeze cup, which uh, which I enjoy. Um, so, and uh, trying to be there with Clint in the heat and uh, enjoying a nice glass of iced tea. You are a great spokesperson for Community Coffee. You know, I feel like we should contact them based off of how many podcasts <laughs> you've been caught drinking it. So, <laughs> Clint, I'm trying to become an influencer. <laughs> I like it. Well, I'll tell you. Um, so, it, for any of you who who have watched the the Zac Efron um, show on on Netflix, Down yes. to Earth, I'm actually having um, passion fruit tea, iced tea. So um, that is how I am refreshing myself during this hot afternoon. Perfect. I like it. That sounds awesome. It's one of my favorite shows right now. I'm not all the way through, so no spoilers, please. <laughs> Other than drink the tea, Megan. <laughs> I'll do it. I can, I can definitely hop on that. No problem. All right. Jumping into planning for 2021. Now, I know it seems early since it's, you know, still summer and in August here, but, um, you know, it's never too soon to start and uh, spring 2021 is coming up fast. So um, what do you have in terms of, you know, how do businesses approach budgeting, I guess, is a good place to start for 2021 with all the ups and downs and crazy inventory. Um, how, where, where do people start for that? So, Clint, I know you have a lot of insight on this, and it's, I think, when we compare notes when we talk, it is, it's really amazing to me that there's, um, like, two camps out there. One um, just wants to kind of throw 2020 out and just say, well, it, it, you know, we can't really use it as a year to, to look at. And other businesses, the other camp says, well, how do I improve on 2020? Um, how do I maintain the growth that I've had? How do I maintain the customers that I've had uh, and, and grow a little, um, 10, 20 percent? Um, and, and they're looking for ideas and, and ways to do that, um, which I think you can do. Um, so I think as we start to look at that and we start to budget, um, there's, there's product uh, to look at. There's, I do believe that technology will come into place. 
um, e-commerce and different things that will allow us uh, for that growth if we don't have an e-commerce site um, uh, to attract the shoppers and maintain them. Uh, also, all around uh, trying to maintain the new customers that came into the industry. So I'm more in the camp of how do we grow um, as opposed to um, not considering 2020 as a as a real year to measure with. I'm kind of in the opposite camp of that. So um, I think there's ways to do it. And Clint, what's your uh, what's your opinion on on growth or no growth in 2021? Well, I'll tell you, Sam, um, I think that's a great question. And, and I think that your answer is one of the reasons why you and I are such great friends, because I completely agree with you. I, I think that it's grow, grow, grow. Uh, when we look back at the spring of 2020, we can't undervalue or, or underestimate the hard work everybody put in. When we look at all the long hours, when we look at the difficulty, that people went through. What we're really talking about is the gains that people saw were real gains. Th this was things that, that people fought over. And, and if we look at that 16 million new customers that came to the category, in every marketplace that was open, people had a choice. They could have shopped at a mass merchant or they could have shopped at an IGC. And the growth that our friends and customers have seen in 2020 was because people wanted to shop at an IGC. And I don't think people should give it up. I think people need to see through sort of the fog of what was the springtime and they need to plan for real growth. And the only way that people can plan is by taking this time in the summer. And Megan, to, to your point exactly, while it's never too early to plan, fall is too late to get started. So now is the time for people to do the other hard work that's gonna get that portion of the 16 million new gardeners back to their garden center in the spring of 2021. So what do you guys think is needed to increase revenue in 2021? So it's increasing the market share that we have, um, increasing the market basket from the customers that we have. Um, a lot of people have been introduced to gardening and um, I'm hoping that they found it easier than they thought and rewarding, more rewarding than they thought um, from a simple flower uh, to a vegetable, to a tree, to shrubs, to landscape, to whatever that they um, invested in that um, that they'll continue and to win those over is a component of it. Uh, so I think customer retention uh, is a key. Uh, more spend from them, one. Growing customers, you know, how do we uh, expand that out a little bit further uh, to gain new customers? Uh, there's still more out there to gain. Uh, and then the other is through um, efficiencies in the business from uh, inventory procurement to margins uh, to turns and, you know, all the uh, cash flow uh, discussions that we have out there of, of how do you do that. So I think those are the components to look at um, for growth. Clint, what, am I missing anything? Well, so I, 
one of the things I like to do is, is, is take people through kind of an exercise. And, and if we look at the people who came in to buy vegetable plants or, or to become a first-time vegetable gardener in, in the spring of 2020, I think that the path forward in planning and looking at not only top-line revenue, but looking at sustained growth over the lifetime of the customer is what do we need to do with our market basket analysis to convert that person from a springtime vegetable gardener to a fall vegetable gardener? And then by extension, how do we make that individual who has put a priority on vegetable gardening to sustain their family, their friends, and their community, how do we make them value permaculture? So, so Sam, back to your idea of, about the, the market basket analysis. When we look at seeds, you know, I mean, in addition to, to looking at what was traditional seed starting, um, there are a lot of indoor grow lights. There, there are a lot of products that gardeners need and, and are all of our stores selling those. If, if we look at year-round um, vegetable starts or in, in different sizes, if we look at changing just the substrate from a, a regular compost or a manure to actually upgrading that to, to becoming a, a biochar distribution center. So, I mean, I, I think that that's the path that we have to take. And there was a young lady who was on our um, session for Cultivate, Jordan Cole, and, and she actually talked about a three-step process that individuals needed to do to really understand their customers, and it was called Listen, Speak, Hear. And, and her whole thing was, how do we actually listen to what social media and, and what our customers are telling us and then how do we calibrate that to send a message back out to our marketplace about product that we have or the way that we're going to support it or, or how we want people to do? And then what we're going to hear is the number of people who come to our store to buy it. So I think that we have to have a logical way to assess, but we can't give up. We, we've got to just keep reaching those people because this is the next generation of customers that are going to sustain us. And, um, you know, as my good friend Lisa Fiore likes to always say, in every one of these situations, we've got to find gratitude. And we've got to be so grateful for, for these new customers who are coming in. And, and we have to have respect for their time. And, and we have to uh, show joy with, with our consumers that we have to become a better business for all those people. Mm -hmm. I know um, back in our, our last webinar in part one, you mentioned, uh, I can't remember the number exactly, but it was millions of new um, gardeners out there um, during this whole pandemic. Partially, it might be to feed their families. It might be just to have something, a new hobby to do that's at home since we can't be going places as much. Um, I think, you know, supporting those new gardeners with resources to keep them interested, even if 
this fades out or hopefully it should be more of a win this fades out type situation so that they do keep coming back for more and I think your idea of um, you know using social outlets to help um, kind of navigate that is really good and and you know those digital connections can be just as valuable as in-person connections are. Well, absolutely. And Megan, you know, to, to that point, one of the things that Sam and I have talked about before is what would the world actually look like for this particular channel and, and for lawn and garden retailers if they had all the technology connected and, and if they were speaking the same language among everybody? And now we're in July, so we're able to cast a conversation to our portion of these 16 million new gardeners to say, how are you enjoying that BLT? Did the tomato slice for you? Was it great? And then we actually allow those individuals to go ahead now in July of 2020, and they go to our website and they pre-order their vegetables for 2021. And um, Sam, I don't know if your, your feelings have changed about this, but I know that we've had a conversation before uh, about looking at a parallel sales track where not only are we servicing our customers today, but we're taking their actions and in their their history from a week ago, and we're pre-booking that product for a year from now. Sam, has your thoughts changed on that part? You know, no, it's it, it's getting stronger. Uh, to be honest, um, for the things that I do every year. Uh, that don't change. Um, my wife tells me what to plant, and I have a few things that I get to plant, um, but a lot of those don't change. And if I could take, it's not stress. I don't know the right word right now. If I could, if I could take the time constraint out from going and and buying those and have them pre, you know, packaged up or pre-sold for me, I I would pay a fifty to seventy-five percent down payment today not to have to do that in the spring. And then I get to go find all the fun stuff that I want. Uh, so my experience would be dramatically different. And I do think um, that that is a, I, I strongly uh, support that and trying to find a way uh, to make that happen. All right, so Sam, just to clarify here for one moment though, you're, you're not suggesting that your type of gardening is more fun than Wendy's type of gardening. Um, let me, how do I answer that? Um, <laughs> I, I might want to check with my answer. Um, but, it, but it's down to tomato. But if you think, and I, I don't think I'm alone on this, um, but there's certain things that you are going to plant every year and they don't change. Then you try, so that might be 50%, 60%, 75%, whatever the percent is. Uh, because I've had success with it, and that's what I like. That's what you know, Wendy grew up with. That's what her grandmother had. So it's all these generation things and all the all the things that we know that happen into the industry. Um, and I would, uh, without hesitation, uh, make my life easier if I had that as an option. So, and I think there's an, enough of that out there. Uh, I think it's an untapped market at this point in time. And think about the cash flow improvements that we could get from that. Yeah, I think it, it it not only helps the customer, but it also helps the retailer because the customer's spending money that they would have probably spent in the spring anyways, 
but they're still going to want to go get the fun stuff to plant like the you know I, and vegetables are great they're super fun but as far as flowers and, and beautiful perennials they're still going to make that trip to do that and probably spend what they would have anyways um you know so i think it would almost boost boost sales in the spring but that's just my thought on it, I guess. I think you're spot on on that one because I know I would still spend the same amount that I did whether I pre-bought or not. So the spend that day would remain the same. I would just make right. up the 75% and, and spend yeah. that much more. Right. Okay. So we're hearing across all retail about procuring inventory. What's happening in the lawn and garden industry specifically? So there's two sides, um, you know, the, the plant side and then the hard goods side. Um, and hard goods side, it's the same as every other industry. Um, there are issues with that. I think, you know, initially uh, when this first started, growers, you know, they didn't know what to do. Uh, the ones that grew from themselves kind of stayed on course for the most part. Um, so there were, I think, little gaps here and there from um, if you weren't, um, for the for the businesses that uh, purchase outside of their own or that do not grow. Um, and I think it became challenging. Um, I believe it was part one where Clint said, you know, send me what you have. Send me a truck of what you got. Um, what do you want? I don't really care. Whatever you can put on the truck. Not, not a great way to buy. Um, and it's, you know, I think business has spent a long, uh, much more time on the phone uh, emails, trying to find inventory, where I think there's um, better solutions out there now. Uh, definitely next year, um, there'll be uh, in improvements on how people have the ability to procure, look for, and find uh, inventory. So I think that is a game changer out there. Um, Clint, thoughts? So, so, so there are two thoughts. Number one, I, I couldn't agree more on, on, on this game change. And, and I think that, uh, and, as I had mentioned in, 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 in part one, not only did we have sort of the pandemic aspect of, of, of our spring, but we've also had an unusual weather event this spring. And, you know, at any given point in time in the past where it was a rainy April, there, there were people who, on, on the supply side, needed to sell outside of their markets. So I think, you know, from a procurement perspective, that as people are, are doing a deep dive in, in really looking at, at their plant supply chain, that they need to be having a conversation with every one of those vendors right now. Um, you know, asking them, you know, how was your year? Uh, you know, are, are you financially healthy? What are you thinking about? In, in changing your mix. Um, I think the other aspect of, of looking at, at resourcing our individual plant suppliers is, has climate change actually changed your, or, or added into your equation about your product mix? Because over time, we, we are gonna find that where we were sourcing certain um, bread and butter items that we have to go either further north or further south to get those in, in, in the future. On the hard goods side, and, and Sam, I was having a conversation with, with a friend of mine down in Texas the other day, and one of the things they actually realized was that from a bagged goods perspective, that it wasn't necessarily the bag 
that was disrupted, but it was, or you know, the the the, the complete package that was disrupted. But it was the individual manufacturer's supply chain on the package. So they weren't able to actually source the bag that bagged the product. So one of the things that they're actually thinking about right now, if, if they have a disruption in the supply chain for 2021 is, how could they actually do something so that they have a greater number of bulk options? For, for their customers. And one of the things that, that people do is they can buy, you know, a five gallon bucket at a time. So just changing the packaging up on that. So you, you have to be creative because it's not only the direct supplier, but it's all of the elements that feed into their supply chain that, that come into play. So it, it, it's a fascinating thing, but we've got to think about it to make a decision. And I do have to give a plug here to Clint. Um, I, I, I kind of threw a softball there, Clint. You didn't hit it, so I'm going to hit it for you. Um, Epicor and Landscape Hub have entered into a partnership. And uh, if you don't know about Landscape Hub, um, it's it's pretty exciting. I don't want to spend a lot of time here uh, with that. But uh, two things for uh, Epicor customers to look at, um, inventory procurement, and then also a virtual marketplace for contractors uh, to be able to um, to look. So um, I think in the future, um, integrations, partnerships uh, for companies like Epicorn Landscape Hub coming together uh, and looking at how do we help the industry. And I think there is a way that uh, procurement of inventory in the future uh, will be made easier through uh, through relationships uh, like Epicorn Landscape Hub. Absolutely. And, 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 and Sam, Thank you um, again for that that call out because um, I do think that this is going to be a game changer for a lot of people in the industry to to be able to access suppliers to be able to access products that they haven't had before. And as we look at plant pallets changing, whether it's the size of the home or whether it is the individual way that that people have it put in their home. Um, it's going to change, and um, we're very fortunate that that we're helping to lead that charge. Awesome. Well, as we wrap up here, are there any other key items you guys wanted to discuss about heading into 2021 and just um, any red flags people should be watching out for um, as they start that planning? Well, I think one number one is plan. Um, it's, uh, figure out where you want to be, where you want to go, how you want to grow and build a plan from that. Uh, as Clint said, this is the time to start doing that building, uh, if you need new relationships, new, uh, partnerships out there, um, what do you need, um, for, for your growth, for where you want to take the company? Uh, the time is now, um, uh, and, and look at that. I do believe again, technology is going to come into play. Um, on uh, the, I always have four key areas that I talk about: cash flow management, um, labor, uh, employee productivity, uh, customer retention. We talked about that. Customer growth. We talked about that, and then business processes and business decisions. So, I think technology can help uh, greatly, um, and for businesses as they look forward. So, I think planning. Um, and understanding what were the true struggles for each individual business 
out there? And then how are you going to uh, lessen those struggles for 2021? Clint, closing thoughts? So I would say that for everyone who's listening to, to this podcast, that the red flag for, for, for everyone here is if you're the owner of a business, if your key managers have not approached you to say, we need to be doing an evaluation and we need to be doing it now, um, that's a red flag that you've got to get on the same page as your team and thank them for their effort because they're probably not, um, you know, coming forward to, to you know, help plan for the future. And I say there's a green light. Um, you know, there, there's a world of opportunity and people just have to be committed to take the opportunity. And one thing that we've talked about, um, you know, from, from our other sessions is if you achieved 15%, 17%, 20%, whatever you achieved, in, in the spring season of 2020, I believe that you should plan and prepare to do that in 2021. And, and as Sam mentioned, there's technology that can help do that. And um, there, there's other ways of thinking, but I think that we've worked too hard to give it back. And I think that we need to expand and just green light it. Well, this has been awesome, guys. Thanks so much. I think we we really hit the nail on, on part two, uh, just as we did in part one. I won't take away from that either, but uh, this is really informational, and I think people have a lot of takeaways uh, to get their planning started for 2021. Um, once again, thanks for joining us, Clint. We'd love to have you back sometime. And to everyone else, thanks for joining Coffee with Customers. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Thanks, Megan. Thanks, Sam. Oh, 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 oh,